Coming up is some important information from Mullane and Lindsay solicitors of 191 Mile Street Tea Gardens. Phone 49287300. Welcome. Today I'm talking with Christy Nunn from Mullane and Lindsay solicitors, Newcastle and Tea Gardens. Hi, Christy. Thank you for taking my call today. Our topic of discussion today is what are the legal options if your business is owed money? So tell me, Christy, what are the common situations when a business is owed money? Well, the first common situation is where a business provides goods and services and they have not been paid. So there creates a situation where they're owed money for the goods and services provided. Alternatively, a business may have loaned money to a person or company and that money has not been repaid. So they're owed that money and they're looking at steps to try and recover it. So what steps can be taken prior to seeking legal advice? Well, what we recommend is firstly that a business should try and communicate with the customer or the person who owes them the money to try and ascertain if there is a genuine dispute about the debt or if the customer is just not paying the debt because of their own cash flow or liquidity problems. So um, it's our recommendation that a business should take those steps promptly. Often discussions about money can be awkward or difficult but our experience shows that if it's left, the older the debt, the harder it is for a business to recover. So the best approach by a business is to make a telephone call and try and engage with the customer. If that doesn't work and the customer is ignoring telephone calls, often emails are better because then there's a chain, an email chain, a written chain of what's gone on. If there is a dispute and the customer says there's a dispute about the debt, the business should try and get as much information or details as possible from the customer about what the dispute is about and what is the basis of the dispute. The business can then decide whether the dispute is genuine or whether it's just a fob-off to try and avoid pain. The other thing that can happen when early contact is made is a business can ascertain if the debt is agreed but there's just an issue in relation to payment because of cash flow. The business may then suggest that they are happy to receive payment by instalments or reach some other agreement about payment of the debt. Okay, and what will our lawyer need to know when you are seeking legal advice? If the debt cannot be paid by direct contact, then the first thing the lawyer will ask you is if there's a written contract or agreement for the supply of the goods or services or for the loan. So this can include things like a purchase order or a sales agreement, terms and conditions, a tax invoice, a loan agreement, or even emails which evidence the terms of the agreement. It's important for people to understand that an agreement does not have to be in writing to be legally enforceable, but if it is in writing, it does make the process of proving what the terms and conditions of the agreement are much easier. For example, there might be interest clauses in an agreement or terms and conditions in relation to late payment, um, which can then try and be enforced by the lawyer. So the first thing the lawyer will ask you is if there's a written contract. If not, you will need to be ready with all the details as to what the terms and conditions were. So it may be an oral agreement to buy and sell something and you'll need to know the terms such as the price um, and when the repayments were to be made and when delivery was to be affected, those types of essential terms. It's also important for the business to provide details of exactly the person, company or entity that owes the money. Um, often you will be dealing with a person but that person may be a director of a company and they may be dealing with you on behalf of their company. So the lawyer will need to know the precise person or entity or company that owes the money. And what's the legal process for attempting to recover the debt? 
Well, usually the first step is to prepare and send a letter of demand, and that will be the letter from the lawyer to the debtor, setting out the details of the claim and demanding that payment of the debt be made within a specified period of time. And often the issuing of a letter of demand from a lawyer will cause the debtor to take the debt seriously and make payments. But if that doesn't work and the debtor does not respond, then the next step is a formal step of commencing court proceedings to seek to try and recover the debt. Before any court proceedings are commenced, it's important to be satisfied, though, that the debtor has the capacity to pay any judgment ordered against it because there's no point in starting that court process if the debtor does not have any funds to pay at the end of the day. So what's the difference between a statement of claim and a statutory demand? Well, a statement of claim is a document which commences court proceedings. Um, It's commonly referred to as suing someone or being sued. So that's a statement of claim, which is a document which commences a court process against another person. And when we're talking about debt recovery, that would be a claim in contract seeking that the person pay the debt that is owed. The value of the debt determines what court the proceedings are commenced in. And in terms of debt recovery, it would usually be the local court um, and those local courts in all areas around regional New South Wales and the jurisdictional limit there is $60,000. A statutory demand is something that may be considered if the debt is owed by a company and it's a regime under the Corporations Act where a business can issue a demand to a company and it must be paid within 21 days. There's a statutory minimum amount which is currently $4,000 and why a business might consider a statutory demand is that if there's a failure by a company to comply with a statutory demand, it's presumed to be insolvent and then can proceed down the path of winding up a company if they don't comply with a statutory demand. So a statutory demand should only really be considered um, if there's a company and if the ultimate aim may be a winding up. How can I enforce a judgment debt? So the purpose of commencing court proceedings is to try and obtain a judgment debt. So a judgment debt can either be made by default, that is, if a statement of claim is filed and is not complied with, the party can apply for default judgment. Or alternatively, a judgment is what a party achieves if they're the winner in court and they go to a hearing and they win, they get what's called a judgment. That's only the first stage. What then has to happen is enforcement of that judgment debt actually getting the money. So once there is a judgment, there's a number of options available to try and enforce that. One of the options is a garnishee order, um, and that is an order issued by the court which directs the third party to pay money to the judgment debtor. So that may be a bank or it may be someone's employer. Um, anyone who holds money on behalf of someone else, they can receive the garnishee order and be required to pay that money. So that can be of assistance if the business knows that the debtor banks with a certain bank um, because, for example, they've paid by cheque or deposited funds. Um, They can then issue the garnishee order to that bank to receive the amount of their judgment debt. The next option um, is what's called a writ for the levy of property. Commonly, that's known as sending around the sheriff and the application's made to the court and it's sent to the sheriff's office and the sheriff corresponds with the individual or the company debtor and um, they seize property. Now, it's limited to tangible items of personal property. It can be cars, TVs, anything that has monetary value um, and then it's auctioned off and the proceeds are accounted to. 
that can often be a lengthy process and um, there can often be difficulties with implementation. For example, personal property, it's not readily clear as to who may own personal property and in our experience we've had circumstances where a debtor denies that that's their property. For example, if they live with other people in the home and so there can often be difficulties with that approach but it is an option available. Finally, if a party doesn't have any details about, for example, bank accounts or where they might live for the sheriff to go around, there's options available to issue examination orders and require the debtor to come along to court and provide details about their financial circumstances and their assets, which may be useful for future recovery efforts. I see. So what steps can a business take to try and avoid problem debtors? As I've explained, that the processes can be complicated if there is a debtor who doesn't comply, doesn't pay, doesn't respond to court processes and doesn't have anything upon which the judgment debt can be enforced. So the best option for businesses is to try and avoid it from the start. Firstly, um, a business might consider whether it's appropriate to request deposits or advance payments to be held on trust prior to providing goods and services or alternatively cash on delivery. Um, or cash on provision of services to ensure that they don't get into this situation where they're chasing debts at a later stage. In relation to agreements, the recommendation is that all agreements for provision of goods and services or loan agreements should be in writing and preferably signed by all parties. This will avoid disputes about what the terms were at a later stage. And finally, um, businesses should try and collect as much information as possible from the customer at the outset prior to providing the goods or services, which may assist later on if there is a need for debt collection, so things such as bank accounts, assets, um, if they are in employment or other information that will assist um, home addresses, um, any assets of any companies which might assist in the event that it's necessary to try and enforce a judgment debt. Wow. Well, thank you very much for your time and helpful information today, Christy. Most informative. And thanks also to Melaine and Lindsay, Newcastle and Tea Gardens. Have a good day. Thank you very much for your time. Pleasure to speak with you. Melaine and Lindsay are proud sponsors of Mile Coast Radio.